Fox. Nice to bump into you at the show here at the Modern Manufacturing Expo. Thank you very much for agreeing to join us here on AU Manufacturing Conversations. Yeah, thanks, Brett. Um, it was good to run into you again. We keep bumping into each other at mm-hmm. these events. First question is, as always, how did you get here and what do you make? So, how did I get here? So, I, I'm working for the Western Parkland City Authority on the Advanced Manufacturing Research Facility Project. And, and how did I get here? I guess, you know, my 30 odd years in manufacturing and, and, you know, wanting to see the evolution of manufacturing. When the RMRF project was up and running, I was really interested in, in joining the project. So, yeah, that was kind of how I decided I, I needed to make a change and, and, I guess, contribute to the industry I've worked in for such a long time. Mm. Yes, indeed. To continue to contribute, of course, because you were at a uh, cool little SME. Uh, we might return to that later and, and what you were doing there before you departed for your current role. But for the time being, I'd like to know more about your current role at AMRF. What do you do there? Tell me about what's an average day look like, perhaps. Yeah, okay. So the, um, the role is really technical focused, my role. So I sit in a team of about six or seven people. And yeah, I've been brought into the project to support the connection with small business manufacturing, particularly, and also to bring you know some technical skills around you know equipment and machinery that, that is used in manufacturing. But at the moment, my role is really focused on procurement of, of equipment to go into the AMRF first building, which is focused around I guess mechanical manufacturing is a good way to describe it. Yeah, my average day for me would be working with the procurement team to you know write up specifications talk to suppliers about you know, the capabilities, research capabilities, and then consolidate into some sort of package that can go out for the tender with the government, and working through the evaluation of that equipment as we move forward to kind of decide on what finally will go into the AMRF and how does that match against what the requirements from industry are. I imagine that's something like heaven for you. You're a, a mechanical engineer and a um, manufacturing nerd and you're shopping for very nice equipment. That sounds beautiful. Yeah, it's kind of a kind of very enjoyable role, actually. It's kind of, yeah, it's, it's good to get back to some technical stuff, mm. um, being an engineer. And it's really nice to be having a broad look at, at you know, advanced equipment across all sorts of manufacturing disciplines rather than just in that steel heavy fab industry that mm. I've spent all, all my life in. I unfortunately missed your speech today by a little bit because we had another commitment that's not important really. I would like to know a little more about your speech earlier and I'm sure the audience would so could you please tell me something about your presentation at the expo. Yeah, I was talking about the application of cloud computing and data in small business. I wasn't trying to, I guess I was focused on you know what, what's under the hood. Of this how, how do these things work because there's lots of solutions out there that people will sell you but it creates a bit of a black box for a business um, you know, you're not really sure about is it going to deliver the solution I mean everything looks great in the brochure so this is really a bit of a take on, on what I've learned around researching digital technologies having a bit of a bit of time you know using utilizing cloud computing to do some, some, some R&D work I was doing in my previous job and so, yeah, it was a way of, I guess, trying to communicate to the audience about, you know, what are some of these things that, that go on when you see, you know, in the brochure that it, it uses this type of architecture or this operating system or it uses this or that. So what does that really mean? So it was a bit of a dive into some of the detail around that, but, but a very simplistic dive because I'm not an IT professional, obviously, not a control systems engineer. And you've only got um, 20 minutes. And you've only got 20 minutes. So it was a fairly simple take on what's going on, what am I reading about, and some of the things that are really interesting that are happening in software development and, and cloud computing, utilising resources and IoT.
Right, and and so we'll, we'll perhaps return to some of the themes in your uh, in your speech, but I'd like to know a little bit about what informed it, given your your previous role at L and A, a small medium manufacturer in the uh, in Western Sydney. Um, you were helping them modernise. Tell me about what you learned during that time, and yeah, some of that, please. That that, that role is you know LA Services is about you know creating or manufacturing design and manufacture really heavy industrial pressure equipment. So almost you know, industry one type products. Mm. And so you know, we were really excited as a company about you know, where digital could fit in a company like that. It was incredibly difficult to find you know, a meaningful application for it. So we were really looking at, you know, product integrity is incredibly important in, in, in the pressure equipment space. And so we were looking at how could data flows and information about a product be, be put together or collected and to make the integrity records you know, much, much better and, and much more accessible, easier to navigate, and you know, less time consuming to put together through digital processes. So you know, through that process, I worked with UTS around that research project and working as a data scientist. And that in itself was a bit of an eye-opener because you know, I, I thought data scientists were like engineers, but they, they think very differently. That was a really interesting lesson. And, and interesting, that wasn't discovered to on a train riding to UTS one day to, to see a supervisor and we were talking and, and all of a sudden it dawned on me we were, we were on different planets. Mm. Um, and, and, you know, we're looking at the problem, the same problem from very different angles. That was partly why, you know, we had a bit of trouble getting going. So that led us to understanding or utilising cloud computing a little bit, you know, just to run Nick and his project on. And, you know, there's the cost savings, the flexibility, the ability to interact with, you know, what was always seen as really high-end IT type thing, you know, setting up. A server and setting up a database, that sort of stuff. You know, it was always seen as stuff that really specialised for an IT person. And in actual fact, you know, we did it in the boardroom in 15 minutes with a data scientist on right. Amazon. And so, you know, that was a real eye opener for me. I just thought, you know, there's something in this for small business. If it's that easy, you know, well, why aren't we all looking at this? You know, so so my motivation for you know the talk today was around how do you simplify that out and, and make bring a bit of awareness mm. to the possibilities of that architecture and those systems at the small business level. Barriers, do you think awareness is the main one for small businesses when it comes to adopting cloud computing or anything else that might seem intimidating but actually isn't? The barrier is really around Around you know, manufacturers, kind of, they know what they know, yeah. um, and, and and they do and they and they do what they do well, and you know, moving to some other domain or some other field of practice, it just seems like well, there's someone to do that for me. But the trouble is that people providing solutions don't have the lens you have on your business, and so being able to at least have the conversation and understand the basics around what they're saying to you is is you know, I think is really important. So. The barrier of entry is, yeah, is, is that willingness to you know, kind of spend some time understanding the technology. Not in detail, you don't have to be an expert, but just understanding the principles about the way this works and the possibilities of that. And then you can ask the expert about, well, could that work for me or how's that work? Or, you know, and, and, they, and they might snuff it out, but at least you've asked the question, you raise awareness and curiosity, and, and you know, with YouTube and stuff, there's great learnings out there. And you mentioned a, a course you did when you're well into your career. You think you said earlier it was a New South Wales government pilot program. Tell me a little bit about that, and also if you'd like to go a little further about the value of you know lifelong learning in manufacturing, and if you think that's something worth speaking about. Yeah, the course was um, it was run by Skills Lab Delivered in South Australia. I think they're based part of Sage Automation, and it was called a Diploma in Applied Technology. And for me. 
you know, I had two reasons for doing it. One is that, that you know, despite you know having a having a you know manufacturing trade, done an engineering degree, done a master's degree, you know, when I started engaging in, in with UTS around research and development in data, you know, I had a massive skills gap. I was working with a business intelligence guy and I was working with a data scientist and you know, like come out of meetings with those guys and have to spend the next hour on YouTube just understanding what they're talking about. You know, it's a huge skills gap. So that was one of the motivations to do the course, was to, to kind of just force myself and put some structure around the learning to it because yep. it is such a wild beast that, yeah, putting some structure around the learning was, was helpful. And the other thing that I, you know, I want to do is, and going to your, to your lifelong learning thing is, you know, I, I really think that schools are missing, missing you know, what's happening in computing, IT world, OT world. And so, you know, I, I'm really passionate about, you know, eventually spending time in making sure that, you know, there's opportunities to use this sort of digital technology in manufacturing in an education context. I think that's really important to kind of inspire the next generation around a pipeline of, of people that are interested in coming into that. And whether that's, you know, app design or whether it's a cloud engineer or whether it's a solutions architect or, or something in between, mm. control system person. I think there's a whole world of opportunity there that, that isn't even a conversation in schools and careers, let alone it's actually a good vehicle to learn stuff on too, you know, from, from a science, engineering, arts and mathematics point of view. It's, it's a really great vehicle to learn on. There's all sorts of things you can get involved in. So in terms of reskilling, well, that's kind of, I guess, the start of that. And, and I think, you know, not all of us have to get across this, mm. but, but someone has to, you know, you've got to, someone in the business has got to be across the details. Otherwise, you're going to get a black box solution. You're going to use 30% of it, cost yourself a fortune, and end up frustrated with it because it doesn't do what you want. And, you know, and it's probably going to cost you a lot more than what it might. If you were just after a really lightweight solution, say you were looking at it just, just kind of being able to monitor you know, a furnace in, in your facility through your mobile phone, that sort of lightweight solution can be easily delivered with open systems. You don't have to go for the heavyweight system of some of the, the monolithic solutions you know, for that. And so you, know, you could be setting that up for, you know, running it for, for you know, $100 a month or something, and, and, and just a few things standard on JCAR or something. So I think, you know, manufacturing does need to educate itself in, in, this, in these technologies so it can have the conversations with the experts. What advice would you give someone on that note who wants to perhaps just experiment, rig up a furnace or some other bit of equipment, just to tool around with some cloud software, work out what's happening, get some intelligence out of the machine at a really basic level, where's a good place to start, do you think? You can't do a lot of harm except, I will say, that if you do sign up to a cloud platform, if you don't know what you're doing, it can cost you a fortune. So you've got to have someone who is across whatever platform you might be choosing. And be that a data scientist or be it some other sort of computer person, I don't know the terms of these people, but you've got to have someone who does understand which buttons to push on a dashboard of a cloud system, otherwise you can, you can do yourself harm financially. And get yourself roped into something that you don't really want. But apart from that, there, there is simple ways to learn just through, there's, there's lots of sort of, you know, education type providers out there that are just guys that are really good at this, that run sort of courses online or YouTube or stuff like that. There's plenty of stuff out there you can do that. And the other way to do it is, you know, get an intern in from a university or something like that because, you know, some of this, a lot of this stuff's being taught now, starting to be taught. So... And they're, and they're, you know, more adapted to some of the ways these things happen. And also not shackled to the past either. So, you know, their free thinking is useful. So, you know, interns are a great way to kind of start to do that. And there's some really good programs around CSIRO. We've got a great internship program now. So, you know, I think there's, there's lots of opportunities. But that, that would, that's certainly something I experimented with, that using the innovation as a vehicle for interns. And, and it helped, yes, help the intern, of course.
but it also helped the business just incrementally move forward. It just brings conversations to the table. And like I said, you have a conversation, you hear a term, what does that mean? You go off and learn about it on YouTube. And then you just that little bit wiser. Well, that's a good practical step I think anyone can absorb. Lastly, I'd like to uh, return to the question that recurs on this series with most, if not all, of our guests. Why does Australia need a strong manufacturing ecosystem? What's your view on this question? Mm. Big question. I mean, I'm a bit biased, I suppose, having a career in manufacturing. You're obviously it matters. Yes, obviously it matters. <laughs> you know, manufacturing... I mean, I've always enjoyed the craft side of manufacturing. And, you know, and I appreciate now that the craft element of manufacturing is maybe, you know, not a great business case mm. in, some, in some ways. But there is still applications for that. But, you know, I think that the bandwidth of jobs that come out of manufacturing is a thing. If you really want to make an economic and social impact, you know, having clever manufacturers across the spectrum of, of additive, subtractive, composites, automation, digitisation, metrology, all the things that are going in the AMRF, and then electronics, I guess, in, in second building electronics, manufacturing and, and PCB yep. manufacturing. Coming 2026. Yes, coming 2026, full scale. So, you know, I think that's the thing for me is, is the bandwidth of jobs that are across manufacturing now, digital's laid over the top, is, a, is amazing. And, you know, they're jobs that can, you don't have to be extremely educated, you can entry-level jobs, and you can build your way up, or they can be very qualified jobs. So there's this massive spectrum in the vertical and the horizontal. And I think if you want to make an impact around jobs and skills, and I guess, you know, uh, you know and providing, you know, really interesting careers for people, and, it, and it's a great vehicle for it. Mm-hmm. A really great vehicle for it. Because that's why. David Fox, thank you very much for joining us here on AU Manufacturing Conversations. Thank you, Brent. Lovely to see you again. Mm-hmm.